Hey everyone, I'm Bruce and you're listening to Clearly Unfiltered, a short-form podcast that offers clear, concise, unfiltered and undoubtedly flawed thoughts on why and how I'm butchering some of my own sacred cows. In each episode, I'm going to let those steaks sizzle and serve them up medium rare or blue and now and again, well done or charred. Wow. I can't believe it's episode four already. Well, technically this is episode six if one counts the trailer and mini episode one. It's been quite a journey and I've really appreciated the feedback those of you who have been listening have been sending through. If you are enjoying Clearly Unfiltered, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribe on your favorite app or leave a rating on your favorite platform. When I first approached Joy Vetterline to be a guest on the last episode, the intention was for it to be a standalone offering as an introduction to some of my spiritual wrestling as I deconstruct evangelicalism and its impact on my life. I plan to return to this conversation at some stage in the future, but as Robert Frost tells us, knowing how way leads on to way, this episode is a look at this topic from another angle, because as serendipity would have it, She provided an affirming yet alternative approach to what I've been sharing. It's an angle that brings much needed balance to the narrative and I believe some clarity about my own journey. Before I launch into that specifically, I want to start with some context and then we'll get to the meat, so to speak. After releasing episode one, my good friend Paul sent me this voice note. I think uh, there will definitely be people out there who wonder where you're at spiritually, what your belief is. And you allude to the fact that um, you've prayed a lot, but prayer hasn't worked as well as X, Y, and Z. And so there are people who will obviously question your faith. um, And perhaps one day you can, for those people, outline exactly what your faith is. I guess this is a road of discovery for you too, as you muse over these things and talk about them like like we do when we're speaking to a therapist or psychologist, we, we discover things about ourselves as we speak. And so as you do these podcasts, you'll probably learn more about yourself too. And um, it's great to challenge people's um, um, thoughts and stuff. Although you do want to keep people engaged as well, those even those people that are questioning your faith, I'd say they, as much as the person suffering from mental illness or the gaslighting or the the um, marginalization for whatever they are, I think equally as much the people who are saying, this man's lost his mind, What is where is his faith? what does he believe, it needs to continue listening. So um, that would be my advice to you is to, to keep that in mind and to keep those people somehow engaged as well because I think those are the ones that almost stand to benefit most. Man, I love that guy. Anyway, Paul's perspective planted a seed and I've been thinking a lot about what I put out on my social media platforms, mostly Instagram, which is often brazen criticism of the institutional church, evangelicalism, white privilege, patriarchy, and more. Then, after a series of Insta story rants, another friend sent me a DM saying this, Mate, I flipping love you, but these posts bashing churches make me want to unfollow you. 
I don't think that they do anything for anyone other than stir. So while I might hold a different perspective to this person and I might still share about things I find problematic, my interaction with him also got me thinking about how we hold the tension between things and communicate in ways which help people grow and think critically without alienating them. More recently, I posted Megan Crozier's an open letter to evangelicals wondering about my deconstruction because a lot of what she expresses in that article mirrors my journey. Again, some people reached out privately to ask if this is how I feel. Then, just this week, my friend Stanley sent me a bunch of voice notes in response to the episodes that I have already dropped. And again, I was challenged about how what I share is perceived, because I think I can quite easily give the impression that I'm simply burning everything to the ground. Which I must say is a legit avenue for some people, and if that's where you are at, I'm cool with that too. But truth is, in all of the deconstructing, I'm also looking to build again. I might not be sure of what that looks like, but I do definitely desire spiritual connection and practice, and there are things within the Christian tradition that still resonate with me. Stanley and I first met at Vintage Coffee when we worked behind the bar as volunteer baristas, and while we haven't hung out a ton, whenever we do talk it feels like a meeting of the hearts and minds. Although I must say that Stanley is a much better barista than I am, and is, I believe, inordinately more intelligent than I am. I also love the way Stanley thinks about the world and interacts with it. In short, Stanley is a safe person for me, and because of that, I asked him to give me honest feedback about Clearly Unfiltered, which he did, and I was blown away by his insights. And so as I listened to his voice notes, I really felt that his perspective was one that needed to be shared, so I asked his permission to do so, and here we are. While he challenged some of my thinking, he was also very affirming of my journey. You're telling your narrative and, 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 and your perspective and your story. And it's not like you're picking a fight or you're arguing. You're putting forward valid criticisms that you've thought through very well. And so Stanley's reflection on my narrative, the story that's unfolding as these episodes are released, has helped me to see things from a different perspective, which is exactly the kind of dialogue I think we need in the world today. What I particularly love about Stanley's thoughtful response is the way in which he has helped me to understand that often the views I express don't seem very balanced or nuanced, and this might alienate people, which might surprise you is not really my aim. I really am not trying to piss you off, even if that might be a consequence of some of the things you hear. To kick off though, Stanley contrasts his journey with mine and shares some real pearls of wisdom in the process. So my story feels a little bit different to to yours. Um, so so there's these three movements in in general and in terms of how growth happens. We have we have a thesis, we have an antithesis, and then we have a synthesis, or we have um, order, disorder, reorder. Um, and when when I listen to you and the conversations you've had so far, and even the the stories you you, you share on on social media, 
it's it's very much on the deconstruction side. It's 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 on the negation side. It's it's sort of unmasking the um, the Caesar or the Kaiser, the Kaiser. What what's the English version of that story? And showing, listen, he is is wearing no clothes. So it's very much on 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 that side. Whereas my story, I never went through a phase where I really. Um, grappled in this darkness with um and and was able to to tear down the system and and and, and see those, sort of see through the bullshit of the system and negate it and then later on come to some kind of of more synthesis um or or, or different alternative or different inter- interpretation of the story i didn't i didn't quite follow that path what happened for me was i was so engrossed in the system that all the all the baggage all the hate all the all the all the burden from the system i sort of saw the system as too good too big too uh, too right too correct to fail it would never have crossed my mind to criticize the system so my hatred and my anger was all focused inwardly towards towards myself which is you know, it, it's really it's really rough and what what happened to me was at some point everything just fell apart at the same time and and it was like like I saw through the um through the bullshit of the whole thing but it was a simultaneous movement because my eyes got open to an alternative story to a deeper meaning, to a more perennial, a more symbolic, a more, um, it, it, it's, it's difficult to say, but, but but with contemplative spirituality, with an experience of the real, with with an experience of, of the other side, of what I can only call resurrection, of awakening. But in that experience of actual life, of saying, oh, this is actually the good news, in that experience, it gave me confidence because that was so real to me that I could look and say, but this other stuff I believed, always, it, that's bullshit. So it, it, it was in a way like the death and the resurrection for me happened at the same time. And the freedom from the self-hatred and, uh, and, 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 and all the baggage that the, that the church and, and culture and everything with, with gender and everything placed on me, that got stripped away in the same moment that I discovered a new life. But that new life gives an alternative reading or an alternative alternative interpretation of the same symbol that the, the, that's been familiar with me all the time. So it's it's still Jesus language. It's still it's still Bible language, but it's a complete different interpretation that in evangelical and traditional circles would very much probably be seen as heretical even though i think that goes back to the very core and heart of the tradition but it's perennial and i can find parallels in poetry in western philosophy in eastern philosophy and and even across religions but i do think it it gets back to the to the essential message but that freedom i I see it in the same symbol so for me i feel no need to attack the symbol because in a way it's the symbol was the boat that brought me to the other side of the river. So my perspective is different. I I don't go around negating 
the the thesis. I rather go and 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 and, and spread like what I feel is a different an alternative interpretation. It's like, well, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. It's it's sort of it's sort of that that perspective. It's quite clear that Stanley and I have different points of departure and different ways of approaching what might be similar wrestlings. The notion of rebuilding something, as Stanley shares, out of what I've been breaking down really resonates with me because, as I mentioned before, I am searching for meaning and for spiritual practices and expression that bring me and those with whom I interact life. I am also mindful of the fact that this isn't everyone's deconstruction journey. Your journey might not be to rebuild, and that's fine as well, like I said earlier, because it's exactly that, your journey. But in my case, I do feel that I don't want to neglect the things that have given me life. I'm not sure I'll ever get to whatever the destination might be, but I am drawn to the idea that Stanley shares of a perspective that is able to hold space for the tension between deconstruction and reconstruction and finding new meaning in erstwhile ideas and symbolism. I'm, I'm a little bit scared of, of deconstruction uh, just, just by itself because at some point the deconstruction needs to stop and reconstruction need to happen, needs to happen. But on the other hand, like, like I loved your episode about, um, about the mental health, for example, because I've sat in so many churches as well, where it's like, listen, take your thoughts capture, take your thoughts capture. Like, and 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 um, for me, it was about my sexuality and um, and sexual thoughts that is not so called wrong, and 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 even anxious thoughts and depressing thoughts. And it's like that's not the way it works. That's really not the way it. Works. And and calling bullshit on that will free people. It's necessary. So it's it, it's a tricky thing for me. Like at, at some point when I, when I listen to your, your podcast and your conversations, I want to sort of interrupt and say, listen, okay, Bruce, you're, you're, um, you're so legitimately criticizing this thing. But also, like, like I want to say, okay, but, but, but there's a redemptive part as well. It's not, it's, it's not all negative. I want to give a, give a positive spin, like, like a, a new truth. It's not just... And not just a tearing down, but also, a, but also, um, that th- that I want to take that symbol and and sort of redeem it and say, listen, yes, this thing you've been taught in church and and whatever, and you've always believed that's bullshit for for many many reasons. Here's an alternative interpretation instead of just tearing down the symbol. And it does get complicated because it sounds like I'm waffling sometimes and I'm not not making a statement and I'm just trying to to keep all sides happy, which is not what I'm trying to do. In a recent Instagram live from The Practice Co, Liz Milani further challenged my thinking and way of being in this, I don't know what you call it, deconstruction space. She highlights that there's a difference between doing the work of dismantling systems of religious power in one's life and becoming obsessed with one's bitterness to the point that the bitterness itself becomes one's work. Liz's insights forced me to consider what I wanted for myself in this journey. And I suppose in the end, I do want, as she shares, to focus on my own healing and that of others without the mudslinging. I want to be able to connect with and care for my soul without being triggered. I love how Stanley frames this too. 
so we need we need we need you bruce <laughs> we need you to help free people from from the oppression of 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 these things but i'm also wondering sometimes like whether if it's always deconstruction whether it doesn't alienate people because there is some people have found some life in a hillsong song for example yes even though the like we need to call out the bosses on their bullshit for example there is a chance that someone might have i found some life somewhere in that thing and i need to and and it's difficult for me being on this side i need to give the space to stanley to to, to myself for where i was five years ago because five years ago if i had just torn off the the protective shell i would have rejected a life-giving message a message i needed to to bump my head against the wall a little bit in order to feel how it hurts to be able to from an authentic lucid way see my way through the other side because otherwise my defenses would have just been up it's it's so tricky but we do need allyship and we do need people to call bullshit we do need the negation so I, I do think there is something to be said for a pure criticism of of something because I think a pure criticism or negation sort of forces the 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 people supporting the system or supporting the original thesis to actually have to justify and and word and and explain their position and just in doing that you already win ground because they would already if it's a mature person they would already concede to part of your point and and you will already make some some positive ground and and also for like if i just think think of myself like um if 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 i were in high school or i were like early early university and now i'm too too scared to criticize this church this system this well the truth that's that, that's that's why that's why it is it, the problem must lie with me because this is a tradition that's like this is this is the truth it's it's god <laughs> our, our people have, have have handed it down and if they were someone that was on my side and, 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 and that was willing to criticize this i might have started questioning the system earlier and instead of instead of, of um directing all the criticism towards myself so it it might have saved me a lot of pain but on the other hand um i'm so great like like i i'm so grateful that i didn't walk away from the symbols because the very thing i'm criticizing is the thing that redeemed me which is which is so ironic that's why i have i hold no anger against the church because the very thing that that hurt me when it got redeemed was a thing that saved me and 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 there's such a danger for me in in when when i only criticize like i walk that path with someone if someone wants to turn their back on it completely and never by all means great i'm not going to turn you back that's your story that's 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 your truth truth that's where you go um you don't have to reclaim anything but um but for me i found such such redemption in there and it's and it's so sad for me if, if people just turn their back on the whole thing Stanley's ability to hold this tension between these seemingly oppositional ideas gives me hope. 
I also appreciate how he is able to simultaneously affirm my journey and urge me to consider where other people might be at in their journeys and to see the redemptive elements in what to me seems like a bit of a shit show. Lastly, Stanley weighs in on a question I asked Joy in episode 3, and his insights and historical perspective are too good not to share. I think one of the reasons people are so scared of, of asking questions or of, um, of, of the negation, of deconstruction, is I, is I think there's a, there's a fear that once you start doing that, then anarchy will ensue and it sort of becomes just a free-for-all and just pick whatever works for you and and there's just um the whole tradition and everything just sort of goes down the drain and there's and 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 it's a free-for-all and it's and it's just we we don't know what 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 happens next but if you actually go back and look at at church history, that's the way that the church has grown throughout its history. Like if you were to go back and uh, in, back in time and, and and with the goal of wanting to identify what the actual true expression of Christianity would be, um, you would end up with a complete different answer based on what time period you travel to. So how far do you want to go back to get to a true expression of, of what Christianity is. There's always a dominant form and then there's a criticism of it and out of that rubble, out of that criticism comes a newer form which, which then becomes a dominant um, ex- expression of the faith. It's always been like that. I'm so exceedingly grateful to Stanley for allowing me to share these snippets of his voice notes with you. And I want to thank all of you for listening and being part of this journey. I also hope that this episode brought a greater nuance to a complicated and complex topic, which I'll surely revisit sometime in the future. I'd love to hear what you think. Keep an eye out for the next episode sometime around May 13th, which will be another mini episode that will introduce a conversation I believe we need to be having about supremacy and how it continues to show up in all spheres of life. Mini episode two will focus on my journey of recognizing my own privilege and wrestling with the space I take up in the world and the impact that that has on others. Until then, be cool and stay safe.